for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everything. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to Episode 7 of Blue Harvest Podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. How's it going, buddy? Good, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, it's been sort of a slow Star Wars news week. I think it's probably that way because uh, all the big stuff is going to be coming next week at Comic-Con. Hopefully, we're going to get a new trailer. The calm before the storm. Hopefully, we're going to have a special guest on the podcast to help us break down the new trailer. But until then, we've got a couple of things to cover. So I say we go ahead and get right into it. But before we do that, uh, you can get us at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast on Twitter at blueharvestpod. And you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We're also available on iTunes and Stitcher now. So if you can go on there and uh, rate and review us, add us to your playlist or subscribe, that'd help us out a whole lot. Appreciate it, guys. (coughs) So... What's the first order of business on the docket? Funny enough that you say the first order. I've got a little news. The, really, the biggest thing that happened this week was some information about the Star Wars Shattered Empire comic book series that's coming in September. Okay. It is the comic series that's going to be set immediately after Return of the Jedi. And it's going to run from September until right before the movie comes out. Now, I don't know how much of a, a span of time it's going to cover. I don't think it's going to cover the entire 30 years in five issues or four issues, whatever it is. It may only concern what happens immediately after Return of the Jedi. Well, I think you may be right, because here, let me read you the synopsis. This is what came out this week. The synopsis is this. Emperor Palpatine's 20-year reign of terror comes to an abrupt and fiery end in the skies above the forest moon of Endor. A decisive victory for the Rebel Alliance, to be sure, but even with the loss of its leadership, the Empire's moths and regional governors retained their hold on important systems from the core to the outer rim, thanks to the might of the Imperial Starfleet. Now, with a power vacuum atop the Empire, those moths will jockey for position and control, and the heroes of the Rebel Alliance will soon discover that a wounded and fractious Empire may be more dangerous than any threat they've faced before. So it pretty much sounds like sort of what we theorized, that even though they took out the Emperor and Darth Vader, there were Imperial leaders and commanders that rose up immediately to sort of take their place. It sounds like, I mean, Shattered Empire 
it sounds like there's not going to just be one more or one empire anymore. It's going to be a lot of different factions. You see what I'm saying? Right. Maybe the First Order is the faction out of all of those that sort of like rises above the rest. You see what I'm saying? Maybe it takes them 30 years. I don't know. Maybe they immediately become a threat. But if anything, it looks like maybe we'll get some sort of introduction to the whole post Return of the Jedi interview or like universe. Because in my mind, there has to be someone in line ready to usurp power. At the instant that Palpatine and Vader are both removed, there has to oh, be yeah. someone that and assumes I mean, power. If not several factions or several factions quarreling over power. When you read that synopsis, it's not entirely different than what they went at, that they you know, what they originally did in the expanded universe. So it's not that big, but I'm sure it's going to be wholly different, like the pieces and the players and, you know, the stuff that happened before the immediate lead up to Return of the Jedi was a book called The Truce at Bakura. Not great. Not the best of the Star Wars expanded universe novels. So it'll be neat to see. Hopefully they pull this off and it's good. It'll be neat to see something better take its place. You see what I'm saying? I see. I'm pretty sure we won't be seeing Thrawn. Like, I don't think they're going to bring Thrawn back into the canon. I could be wrong. There's a lot of fans of that character. When I was young, I read a series of books that about what happened after Return of the Jedi. And it was like... There was a son of Emperor Palpatine. Oh, you know what's and fucked Triclops up? Uh, and... they, I think they call that the Glove of Darth Vader series yeah, because the, the first book Vader. was the Glove of Darth Vader. Yeah. You know what's fucked up about that series? It was so bad and so awful that it wasn't even considered partially canon like the other EU stuff was. Like It was completely ignored. You never see anything from those books show up again. And they are, as a kid, I loved them. They were sort of picture, not really picture books, but every few pages there would be like a full page illustration. Right. And the emperor had a son that had three eyes. Yeah. And he got frozen in carbonite. And there was some, a fake Triclops and there was a real, real Triclops. Yeah, there was. There was like, and as Zorba the Hutt. Zorba the Hutt. Was, he was like um, Jabba the Hutt's uncle yep. that sort of rose to power and wanted to get revenge on Princess Leia. The kid that was kind of like hero had toys that were yeah he basically had fig- that was even as a kid i was, was like jumping the shark that's too much he had figures of darth vader and luke and he lived in a lost city of the jedi i was all in until that point even even okay i'll believe in the kid in the lost city of the jedi and then he's that's got okay. toys like he's got toys he's got yeah. toys x-wings and yeah stuff like it i mean it it was cheesy, it and was there was cheesy. there was something else I that mean, was I know weird. Luke had a model, uh, but th- I mean that see, would be like one of us having if if you apply that to a real world circumstance, that would be like us having a model airplane. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or people that have model cars. Yeah, like you, oh, you drive a Mustang and you have a model Mustang. You know, whatever. It's a little cheese dick, but yeah, Luke has <laughs> yeah. he has one of those T16, yeah. so like he has a model of it. I don't know, uh, but. Speaking of Luke, in those books, they did something weird with him. When you think of Luke flying a ship, what do you think of? An X-Wing. Right. Through those whole that whole series of books, he flew a Y-Wing. He did. He flew a Y-Wing. Why? I don't know. Y-Wing. Uh, so, StarWars.com recently did this uh, feature, 10 Best Starships. 
or starfighters in the Star Wars universe. We won't do a 10 list of our own. Just do your favorite and your least favorite starship from Star Wars. I have a least favorite and a favorite. Mine are kind of bland, but, you know. I My my absolute favorite is the X-Wing. I mean, you kidding me? I would have an X-Wing if I could. Yeah. But if I, you know, everyone knows that's what you're going to say. But if I, if one other than that. Yeah, let's say I you like, can't choose an let's X-Wing. Let's can't choose X-Wing. I like the B-Wing. Oh, fuck. I like the B-Wing, dude. Shit. <laughs> it's a really cool starship design to me. Yeah, I like it too. And I, I like how the, the cockpit is gyroscopic. So the guy's never like upside down. It just spins with the motion of the I feel like B-wing. it has a lot of maneuverability There was maybe a, some of the other starfighters don't. A cool expansion for the original X-Wing game, the added B-Wings, it was really cool. And then in the Rebel Assault... Maybe in one, but definitely in two, there was at least one cool mission where you were fly- flying a B-Wing. What's your least favorite? And, and think you can include any Starfighter from any of the movies, including bad guys and good guys. When somebody said, the reason My I say that. My least favorite is the TIE Bomber. I don't really like the TIE Bomber either. It's just, it's it ridiculous. Look, it like, looks like it's, sh- what's the purpose of that extra It's not intimidating. Tube? I don't know what it is. Like you know what maybe I'm that holds the bombs. Maybe that is if what I, it is. If we pulled up the schematics, I'm sure we could look at. Oh it. yeah, you I'm have sure your encyclopedia. Answer. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, it just who wants to be a, who draws the short straw? Oh, I got tie bomber duty. It I, just seems know, like, like it's slow. Like if you have the choice, to me, a tie interceptor is way cooler. Yeah. Or a regular tie. Although with the regular tie, you don't have shields. Like no hyperdrive capability. Like. But think about... It's the definition of expendable. It is, but think about how badass a pilot you would have to become to be a good TIE fighter Now, is pilot. it that, or is it just maybe you strength even, in numbers? Like, they make TIEs so cheaply, and they care about their pilots so little that they'll just send hundreds out and be like, hey, so a bunch will blow up, who gives a fuck? I mean, that's probably true. You know, power in numbers. Right. Like the swarm of ants philosophy. Right. But I really like the concept of that anime youtube yeah, video of yeah. the awesome tie fighter pilots. yeah that's true if you really thought about if you pushed it to that anime i think i'm up, probably just diminishing it because they're the bad guys and i do that and i'm like fuck that they're the bad, the bad guys guys they yeah. don't care about those tie pilots bad guy stories are cool to me they can be cool if they're done right we haven't really gotten i mean that's not true i mean in the clone wars you got some some yeah. bad guy stories so i can't really say that i i don't know that we'll ever get a bad guy star wars movie you know what i'm saying it would be well. We never thought we'd get a movie without Jedi, but we're getting Rogue One. I know. I, I never thought we'd get a sequel trilogy. Talk about a cool spinoff is like a whole squadron of Tie Fighters and what, yeah. what they do. So I'll do my favorite and least favorite. I can't say X Wing because X Wing would be it. I'll split it. I'll actually do prequel and original because I I ignore the prequels when it comes to this stuff. Because when I think Star Fighters, I think just from years of seeing X Wings and B Wings and stuff like that. But mine favorite would be the B Wing, and least favorite would be the Y Wing. Like, I'll, I don't like the Y-Wing. The Y-Wing always becomes the rebel bomber. Yeah. Like, the it's, TIE bomber is the it's bomber. It's the equivalent of the TIE it's bomber. It's the equivalent of the TIE bomber. It's just slow. It's, like, it's, it seems like, and I, I know a great deal of this is influenced by playing in Y-Wings and games, but they're never fun to drive. They're slow and, like, like the real cumbersome. excitement yeah. comes in, like, using the X-Wings and shit. And then for prequel trilogies, I really like the Jedi Starfighters. I like the second version a little better than the first version. The one that's sort of 
it's got a little hint of a TIE fighter in the cockpit. You know what I mean? The one in the beginning of episode three? Yeah. Those kind of things? Yeah. Those are really neat. And my least favorite by far is the Naboo Starfighter. Oh, they're The yellow terrible. and silver. I don't know if it's that the CG on them wasn't great or they just didn't. They looked like yellow and silver bananas. They, and look, they weren't intimidating. They had that no, Nubian. They look kind of like cop like cops would drive them or something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what the Naboo security force is. That's why they got owned. Yeah. Yeah. By the and droid. I remember well before the Phantom Menace came out, like they would post concept art and stuff on the uh, StarWars.com website back in its earlier days. And they showed concept art of the Naboo Starfighter. And when it, I saw it finally in the movie, it was backwards to what I thought it would like how it would fly. Yeah. I thought the big engines would be in the back and then it would come, you know, to the little point in the front, yeah. which if you think about it, I I wonder if that would change my opinion on how it Well, that's what the neat silver Nubian ship looks like that the princess and all them get away in. Yeah, I like that ship. That's one yeah. that's silver like that. It's got the engines in the back and it the, sure it's kind of like a blackbird, but it's Yeah. And uh that's that would have been neat. I do like you know in the Attack of the Clones at the beginning when they're bringing them in to Coruscant, you know that it's almost like a bomber. It looks sort of like a B-52 bomber or something. It's a, it's not the Nubian ship from Phantom Menace. It's her next sort of silver chromed out ship. As far as I know, it's only in the beginning of uh, Attack of the Clones. But it gets blown up, right? Yes. Yes. I like the way that ship looks yeah, too. Yeah, it was cool. I think really the reason that he sort of went with that look for those ships is he wanted the to show the universe what it looked like before it had been through decades of war. You know what I'm saying? So like people had chromed out nice looking ships and not beat up X wings and Y wings. Cause we learn like, if you think about it, the Y wings, by the time the original trilogy rolls around are old tech, they debuted in the clone wars. So you got to think, I think in the old canon, at least, the A-Wings were the most advanced of the Rebel fighters. But I don't know how if that's... That's probably not the case anymore because they showed up in the Rebel Season 2 premiere. That's true. I You know, I was always neutral about the A-Wings. We can digress away from Starship. No, that's it's fine. I mean, about. like I said, it's a slow news week. Let's talk about some fucking Starships. But the Look. A-Wings seem cool. They just never seemed more badass I than like the that X-Wing. they were... Yeah, it's hard to beat the the X-Wing, in my opinion. And I was thinking about this a lot today, just sort of thinking about what I like and sort of don't like about Star Wars. And what I don't like, there's very little, obviously. I do a fucking podcast about Star Wars. But a lot of it comes down to it looks cool. And I know that's shallow, but X-Wings look cool. Boba Fett looks cool cool. that's what originally drew me into boba fett is he looks badass i know i I get the question i wouldn't say all the time like people come to me like mr star wars answer but people ask a lot of the time like what's the appeal in boba fett because he's not in the movies that much and he's not it's if you think about it he's really not but originally as a kid it was that he looked badass that armor Joe Johnston, who designed that armor, hit the 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 ball out of the park or whatever fucking sports. He he hit a football goal, <laughs> you know, football three pointer football goal. Yeah, nothing but net. 
(laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like that, like Darth Vader looks cool. And then with Vader, at least he's got the cool to back it up. Now, if you're going by just the movies, Boba Fett, a lot of it comes with sort of the sense of mystery. You don't get any information on him. Like you don't so know you feel anything it in yourself. You don't know anything other than the fact that he can produce. Right, right. Boba Fett can produce results. I mean, if you think about it, and he has to be told no disintegrations. Besides Boba Fett, all those other dudes on the bridge of that Star Destroyer are in that movie for a matter of seconds. Bosk, IG eighty eight, Forlom, Zuckus, Dengar, and they all fail at the mission. And look, but look how much expanded universe stuff you get with them just like those bounty hunters just those bounty hunters like the all the only official shit until the clone wars like the clone wars started using bosk and stuff you know eventually so we got some backstory or, or you know more information on him but and dengar like dengar was in the clone wars suck us some forlorn <laughs> so you know, eventually it got filled in, but before then it was just those few seconds of screen time. And it, cause it was like, they just look badass. Like Darth Vader is going off the books to hire some criminal underground type folks to carry out a mission for him, find the millennium Falcon. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it comes back to that a lot. I think for a lot of people is that just looks cool. Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum. Oh, oh. And then you see, like, Bosk's foot. Yes, sir. <laughs> you see Bosk's foot on the, like, on the bridge, and then it just pans up, and he's like... <laughs> like drooling on him, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, just a, a side note, just a little weird piece of information I know. That suit that Bosk is wearing, you know that's a recycled costume from an episode of Doctor Who? I did not know that. Yep. Yep, it was on, like, a space guy. Just like, you know, the jumpsuit. And I want to say that they painted it a different color or dyed it a different color. It wasn't that yellowish green. But, yeah, that was a recycled costume from an episode of Doctor Who. So there's a little Doctor Who Star Wars connection for you. Drop that right in there. But, yeah, like, I think think that'll do it on our our Starship tangent. You know, we were talking about how this new comic is going to be the basically the sequel to Return of the Jedi, what leads up or leads to the force awakens and stuff. Right. But, uh, and I had, I told you about this a couple of weeks ago. There was a piece of star Wars history that I had no idea about, uh, that I just found out about a couple of weeks ago. And it almost reminded me of the first time I heard about the holiday special. Like I was like, wow, this is a pretty important little piece of star Wars information that I didn't know about. But so around 1985, the Kenner toy line was really not selling as well. And they decided that they needed to sort of bolster their sales to get people interested in their, their, in Star Wars toys again. I remember reading the article that you sent me. Yeah, and originally they tried it with these things called mini rigs, which were like tiny little play sets that were just, you know, additions to figures and stuff. Like it was, I can't really, maybe like a troop transport and stuff like that. I rem- I remember there was like the set, it was, what's it called, a smash kit or? Oh, well that's, what they would do a lot of times, and uh, it was basically a cost cutting, way to cut costs. Uh, I don't know, I'm talking all over And to myself. keep from having designed different 
completely different stuff and molds. They could and, use things they so already they would had. Mash two things together. Parts well, from different toys or different play right. sets they would use together. So you had an ATAT with a giant ion cannon on, on its the back. back. Well, that's two parts but, from two different play so, sets. So what they eventually wanted to do around 1985, and I think it was supposed to uh, release around 1986, was Kenner came up with the idea of doing Star Wars sequel toys and making up their own Star Wars sequel. They asked for permission and wrote a whole story. Yeah, and the whole story, it was going to be called, the whole line was going to be called Star Wars The Epic Continues, which is pretty much the blandest fucking name you could come up with vanilla sir can you imagine if episode seven was star wars episode seven the epic Epic continues continues. terrible yep but uh the whole plan storyline wise was that a guy named atha prime who was one of the original engineers of the clones for the clone wars was going to come out of exile after emperor palpatine died and bring like a clone army to fight Luke and Han, and also the new leader of the Galactic Empire was going to be Tarkin, because they, you know, wrote in something where Tarkin actually escaped the destruction of the Death Star. Yeah, just so they could use his figure. Well, see, that's what's funny, is the whole reason they did that was because originally they never made a Tarkin figure in the A New Hope lineup, and... uh. <laughs> So they were like, we could totally correct this, and we'll just say he's still alive. Yeah. But what's funny, like you said, some of their ideas were just, all right, well, let's redo another ATAT. Let's cut a chunk off the back and put an ion cannon back there, and that'll be a new playset. Yep. Also, the I would have played with that. Oh fuck yeah! That to me, that was the coolest looking thing. That was the best idea they had. Now, the worst idea they had from this was the rebels were going to team up with a race of aliens called the mongo beefhead tribesmen the mongo beefhead tribesmen and then, and the figure that they sort of prototyped for that was basically a hammerhead with its head flipped upside down yeah and it was terrible looking but yeah the mongo beefhead tribesmen it looked like his hand his head was a hand with yeah. two eyes in the middle i guess i can't really remember but they got it was actually presented in their like um stockholders present uh, presentation and stuff like they were going ahead for it they had mock-ups for uh luke skywalker in like a battle armor vest and stuff yeah and it looked like they were going to go ahead with it but i guess i can't really remember if it was because interest in the toys and stuff i think lucasfilm shut them down if i had to guess they were like no i think anybody's gonna do a sequel you know what i'm saying yeah like good call uh, I think they applauded them for their work. If I remember reading the article, it, it, they were like, you know, what, you did some really good work here, but mm, I think the story this, is going to go. Yeah, and basically around 85, 86 is when Star Wars tours were done. I mean, they didn't they didn't produce that line. They were trying to sort of continue the line with the power of the Force figures where they were going into some, you know, areas of figures that they didn't already have, like, you know, little weird side characters. Because mm-hmm. I know by the time I was the age to actually look for Star Wars action figures, they were on, like, discount and clearance aisles and stuff when I was a kid. And I'd get all excited because it would always be Return of the Jedi, Power of the Force figures, and they would come with this silver collector's coin. 
And I would always get excited thinking, oh, I'm going to find a Darth Vader or a Luke or something cool. And it would be like... It would be like a Greedo. No, not even. I would have been stoked for a Greedo. It was like, okay, you know the the white robot in Jabba's palace that is like, you'll soon learn some respect. Yeah. You know that guy? Yeah. It was him. It was an A-wing pilot, Admiral Akbar. I used to find all kinds of Admiral Akbars as a kid and um, stuff like that. It's like, and I would like, I had one of each of those guys, but that's all you could find. And they would come with like a little booklet. And it would have, like, also look for this playset or these figures. And I'd be like, why can't I find the cool ones? Like, nothing. They were just, I mean, because you got to think this was probably 89, 88, 89, when I was looking for this kind of stuff as a kid. And, I would, like, my parents would ask me what I'd want for Christmas. And I'd tell them Star Wars stuff. And they'd be like, kid, you're shit out of luck. It's just not around anymore. The mid to late 90s, when the special editions came back. Yeah, there like, was a huge resurgence. Yeah, now of see that I was stoked. That was the power of the Force Two line. It blew up. It did, and the first figures from that were like the ones where they were way too beefy. Yeah, like everybody looked like they had huge pecs, and Princess Leia's face sculpt looked like the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. Not the greatest figures in retrospect, but at the time. Dude, I had the Millennium Falcon oh. and the Snowspeeder and the X-wing. Like. You know what sucks? Uh, I had. So I want to say maybe the first three or four waves of figures from that line. I didn't have a ton of vehicles. I had the Millennium Falcon and an X-Wing for sure. Maybe a TIE Fighter, but mainly I had figures. So I had everybody. Like that was what I was into was collecting those figures. And then uh, in like 98, yeah, 98, my parents' house burned down when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Completely wiped out that collection. No shit. Like, I had them all on a shelf. Dude, that's awful. And, like, you just go in there, and they're just all giant, melted mounds of plastic. Oh, my God. And I, I, I can, I mean, I had, like I said, probably the first three or four waves, a complete set. They were all open and loose, because I would fuck around with them and play with them and stuff. But, yeah, just a whole collection that's down the, the drain. That's the thing I've ever heard. And then, so that... Literally killed my Star Wars figure collecting passion for years. I didn't buy another Star Wars figure until, well, not even years, like for a couple of years. <laughs> now that I think about it, because it was actually, I think it was like 97 that the house burnt down. And then by the time Phantom Menace came out, I was back in it. I was yeah. buying Star Wars stuff again. So, yeah, it's for a couple of years. It's just because you... At that time, you couldn't go back, really. If you did, you're paying collector's prices for figures that you bought for, like, four bucks. You know what I'm saying? And so, and to this day, I'm not a huge three-and-three-quarter fan. Uh, now I mainly collect six-inch figures. Right. So, it, I, it never got back up to the levels. And even when The Phantom Menace came out and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I didn't get full waves of of the little figures. I got... The essentials, like I got my Darth Maul and my Obi Wan and my Qui Gon, my Jango Fett, you yeah. know, Mace Windu, Yoda with a lightsaber, right? You know, every time I always tried to collect, I could never find what I wanted either. I would always get like the Forest Stormtrooper oh. and the regular Stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, wh- there's eight million Master Yodas. 
Too bad yeah. you already have Master Yoda. Right, Master Yoda, which originally, like now when you get a Master Yoda figure, you're probably going to get a lightsaber, so that yep. spices it up before. Yep. But, but before that, a Master Yoda figure was a stick. A, a stick and maybe a snake around his neck. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe a cloth robe. That was before, maybe. before Yoda had a lightsaber. We all wondered what Yoda's lightsaber would look like if he had one. And now we know it's kind of it's little, short. It's short. It's got a green blade. Fittingly enough. Yeah, appropriately enough. For a little green friend. So, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to clue you in on a little piece of embarrassing Star Wars canon. This is actually new canon content, so it's con- still considered canon, and it's real bad. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, man. Dude, what's wrong? I don't know, man. I was... Listening to the fucking radio today. Stuff on there bumming you out? Yeah, man. It's just a bunch of bullshit. People trying to wear the fanciest hats and bang on wash drums and blow into jugs. It's, it's lost its heavy, man. It's got me down. I know what you're talking about, man. I it's, it's affecting my personal life. Yeah? I'm impotent. Oh, dude. The world has made me impotent. I've got something that'll fix you right up. Don't you even worry about it. What are you talking about? Dude, the new stoned cobra. I don't know, man. I don't want to get hooked on some exotic street drug and end up sucking dick for nickels at No, no. It's nothing like that, man. Nothing like that at all. Here, let me put it on for you. What are you talking about? It's a, it's, it's a band, Stone Cobra. It's the best thing in the oh. world. Dude... It's going to rock your that shit. That seems relevant. Let me just say. Okay. All right. Huh. Hmm. Wait a second. Oh, yeah? Wait a second. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, now. I'm so hard. Oh, my God. Where's my lady? What? I'm shooting. High and Mighty, the album by Stone Cobra. Available now at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Five bucks for the most badass shit you've ever heard. Check it. Watch out! Lightning Dick is not a typical result of listening to Stone Cobra. However, Stone Cobra cannot be held responsible for any property damage or personal injury caused by Lightning Dick. See a doctor if Lightning Dick persists for more than four days. Common side effects of listening to Stone Cobra may include spontaneous bleeding of the ears, eyes, and anus, headbanger's neck, high-five-related wrist injuries, excessive and majestic facial hair growth, erratic metal driving, and smoker's cough. And we're back. It's good to have everybody back with us. Took a little break. Everything's all in order. Hope you guys like that commercial, by the way. Absolutely. Now it's time for us to uh, add something to the new canon wall of shame. Get a little so, get a liter- literature in your life for your day. As you know, I've been trying to catch up on the new canon stuff. I've been really good staying up to date with the comics. However, I got way behind on the new books. So, so far I've read Tarkin and I've read Lords of the Sith, both both of which were pretty damn good. Lords of the Sith has been my favorite so far. Um, however, the one that is not necessarily my favorite is Star Wars Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn. What makes it not your favorite? Well, 
it's a completely first person book which there's not a lot of in the Star Wars you know literary world there was one before this called I Jedi that was about the Jedi Corrin Horn and uh it was okay I think maybe because the story in that was a little more exciting and maybe I don't I don't really want to diss on the author but maybe Kevin Hearn's not the strongest author I don't know it's not really gelling with me it's a first person Luke Skywalker book after A New Hope okay so not necessarily Luke's most interesting time in his life. You know what I'm saying? To me, he becomes a little more interesting after he finds out Darth Vader is his dad and as he gets stronger in the Force and stuff. But it's not the worst Star Wars book I've ever read. That'd probably be The Crystal Star, which is terrible. But it definitely has one of the worst passages I've ever read. What's that passage? Now I'm going to read this, all right? And I want you to keep in mind that this was approved by the new Lucasfilm story group. This got past them. Okay. Okay. So just to give you a little setup, Luke is talking to a lady whose entire family has been killed by the Empire. All right. And uh, so that's sort of where I'll pick up. She says, the Empire killed my mother over a song. Now, you got to keep in mind, this is first person, so the dialogue's going to go back and forth. What? My mother was a songwriter and vocalist. She sang backup harmonies for a band. Really? What band? Don't laugh, okay? The name wasn't her idea. They were called Hacko Drazlap and the Tootle Fruits. The Tootle Fruits. The Tootle Fruits. Okay, hold on. It gets worse. Luke then replies, the Tootle Fruits? Nakari sighed with a, po- with a note of impatience. I know how ridiculous it sounds to tell, you, tell people your mom was a Tootle Fruit. I don't even know what a Tootle Fruit is, okay? But anyway, she wrote a political song for the group, and they recorded it, and it became their biggest hit. Thing is, it got them all sent to the spice mines of Castle. That's okay. pretty bad. Hold on. But that means she could still be alive. No, she said flatly. This was ten years ago. There's no hope she's alive now. Curiosity eventually got the better of me. That's a pretty extreme reaction to a song on the Empire's part, though. What was it? Would I know it? Depends on your access to declared contraband. It was called Vader's Mini Prosthetic Parts. Oh my goodness. Hey, I know that hilarious song i didn't know the band had been punished for it though no sir hacko draslip and the tootle fruits wrote a song called vader's mini prosthetic parts that was apparently a gigantic hit that luke on the backwaters of tatooine had even heard and loved okay Let's go through the... I Like, I'm angry. I know, I can tell. Uh, let's go through this step by step. First off, Hacko Draslip and the Tootle Fruits. That's fucking terrible. That's the best band name you could come up with? Really? That's what you got? Really? That's right. what you bring to the table? Terrible. Really? Like, I, I don't know how the story group didn't go, uh, can we come up with something better than this? <laughs> like, no, that didn't affect... Nobody... 
Like, I hope there was at least a discussion. Not like everybody sitting around. What about, uh, did you guys see this part about Hacko, Draslip, and the Tootle Fruits? Oh, that name is so cool. Yeah. I hope that wasn't it. Secondly, Vader's mini prosthetic parts. Did you ever think, ever, that everybody in the galaxy would know that Vader had prosthetic parts? No. No. Is that- I mean, as far as they know, Lord, you know, nobody should know who Lord Vader really is. They just fear him. Right. Right. Like, you don't know that whether he's a human or an alien or a cyborg or what. Not only that, I wouldn't think enough people would have a run-in with Vader. Most people that see Vader are dead. Like Yes, they don't make it out. If you know Vader's when name. When you see, yeah. If you know his name, you're dead. Like, or you're either high enough up in the Empire to work around him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Either part of his elite stormtrooper forces or like a high-ranking officer. And if you're that high-ranking in the Empire, you're not going to go around telling it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they wouldn't even know that Vader has prosthetic parts. How do you see what bothers me about this? I do. I see clearly. It's a stupid assumption. Not only, I mean that's just pretty stupid in general, not only I mean, being a stupid. The content is stupid, but it's a stupid assumption to think, "Oh, the people in this band would know that Vader has prosthetic parts." Everyone in the galaxy knows that. Yeah, cuz it was in a hit song. Stupid. Dumb. Stupid. Dumb. Um Oh, man. The only other thing of note that I've really come across in this book is there's a part where it sort of seems like Luke comes in contact with a hilted lightsaber, like the one Kylo Ren uses in Episode 7. It's not expressly stated, <clears throat> but he goes, he's he finds out about this Rodian Jedi, and he finds someone that gives him this Rodian Jedi's lightsaber. I don't know it does work because he knows it's Amethyst. He turns it on and the blade is amethyst. But when he opens it to inspect it, there's three crystals. And like the way it's set up makes it kind of sound like there's three because it splits off into three beams. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's amethyst. So another purple lightsaber in the Star Wars universe. Which is interesting because they made such a big deal about Mace Windu's being so special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think all bets are off maybe for future lightsaber colors because now we have... White. White in Rebels. Um, there's the Jedi Temple Guards in the Clone Wars. They use yellow or gold type lightsabers. Blue, green, purple, and red. Like And black. The black. Oh, lightsaber yeah. The dark from... saber that Pre Vizsla uses. Yeah. I love that storyline. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to like that. It's Mandalorians and the kick-ass Mandalorian ar- armor and stuff. It's like real Mandalorians. Yeah, it is. It's like they're the Death Watch. They're the Mandalorian. Like, I'm a terrorist. dangerous degenerate defender of the devil. Shut down all trash compactors on the D temple level. My backpack has jets. I will not be attempting that. I don't know. I I looked up a little of the background on this book, and this book was in production before they reset all the canon, and then it was delayed, and I think they retooled it a little bit to fit better in the canon or something. I'm not sure. Because there was a book uh, that came out called Kenobi, that deals with Obi-Wan in between episode three and four. Mm-hmm. It's not considered canon now, but it came out like right on the cusp of the reset. There was some stuff that came out like right before then. And I think this was, it was, it was, they were going to do a, I want to say a princess Leia book an Obi-Wan book and a Luke book. 
and this was the Luke, the Luke book, but it got delayed. And so you got to think that they probably examined this book pretty closely and they let that shit slide. I would hope so. Or whoever read it, read it, thought it was hilarious. Now, like that makes me wonder, I'm almost a hundred percent sure. Like, you know, there's people on the, the new star Wars story group, like Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Raiders of Lost Ark and, Empire Strikes Back helped write Empire Strikes Back. I bet you he doesn't sit in on the meetings about the books. Like, he helps them come up with the overall, you know, feel of it and stuff. If I had to, well, we know he helped write episode seven. Right. So I have a feeling that he's going to be there to help Ryan Johnson with episode eight and whoever with episode nine to keep it cohesive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Something tells me they probably have a section of the story group that's just devoted to the books and comics. And if I had to guess, like people like Leland Chi and Pablo Hildago are involved in that sort of thing. But StarWars.com did a countdown of uh, like the five coolest moments in the new canon, and one or two of them were from this book, which to me has been the weakest one so far. Yeah. Were they cool moments? uh, I haven't finished it, so I don't know for sure what all you know happens well i'm hoping for you that there's a redeeming moment in there yeah maybe it'll get cool maybe i don't know but maybe the next one that's up on my list to read is a new dawn i'm excited about that one it's like the rebels prequel i hear that one's pretty good and then there's a new book coming out next week dark disciple that's the quinlan boss asajj ventress novel the pre-reviews for that or the pre-release reviews for that have been really good so i'm looking forward to that one and then after that we're sort of getting into the whole journey to force awakens stuff and that's where i'm really going to be excited like this stuff is cool but nothing it's nothing of real note it's not setting up anything new for the movies it's sort of just filling in spaces in between and before the movies you know what i'm saying right like tarkin was cool because it gives you a little bit more of an understanding about tarkin also really short really short book it makes sense because you can't really get a 400 page book out of tarkin if you think about it yeah and then lords of the sith was really good but once again not necessarily doesn't necessarily have the biggest impact on the canon it's just a darth vader and palpatine story you see some cool moments to them like between them and how they work and stuff but nothing Super exciting. That's sad. Maybe we'll get some cool stuff on the ramp up to Force Awakens. I think we will. I think as long, you know, hopefully it'll be written well, but I'm pretty sure that's where the big moments are all going to be. This is all just to bide time until they can start doing the big stuff, in my opinion. Uh, Speaking of, this is crazy to me. You know what started this week? What? Filming on Rogue One. Okay. So we have another Star Wars movie filming before Episode 7 is even out. And if rumors are correct, Episode 8 is going to be filming before Episode 7 even comes out. That's progress. So we're going to have three movies in front of the camera by the time we get the new one. And that just sets it up for one every year. It really does. Oh, Give it to me. Give it to me. There was something I wanted to bring up. It's kind of cool. Um, we were talking about figures and stuff earlier yeah so i'm into collecting the black uh figures they're the six inch figures yeah they do like four in a wave um instead of like the huge wave of uh three and three quarter figures but they recently did a poll on a bunch of the star wars websites 
to see who the next figure should be. And they, uh, they pulled all these websites and had their readers, you know, submit answers. And then they, I guess, got it down to the five or six most popular options. So I'm going to read you what the options are. All right. And there's some cool ones in here, but I have two that I'm sort of wrestling over. Old Ben Kenobi from A New Hope. Lando Calrissian from The Empire Strikes Back. Darth Revan from Knights of the Old Republic. Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. The Gamorrean Guard from Return of the Jedi. Uh, the Snowtrooper from The Empire Strikes Back. And General Grievous. This is pretty solid. And when I look at this list, it's crazy to me that some of these haven't been done yet. Like, there hasn't been a Lando? No, there sure hasn't. There hasn't been a Lando. The interesting one that made it onto the list for me is Darth Revan. Darth Revan. Because he's not canon anymore. He's not. But he's cool. He's cool enough to get a black figure. Maybe. This is like, now they're taking votes on those to narrow it down. You see what I'm saying? Like, they started with just people letting letting them submit and vote. And now they're narrowing it down to where, uh, you know, people can vote on these. Now, so out of those, which one would you say would be your choice? What was the Obi-Wan? Old Ben from A New Hope. That's mine. That's yours? See, that one comes in close third for me. Behind Revan and Sabine. Because Sabine, like... It's a Mandalorian. That's my thing. Right. I really like her character in Rebels. I would really like to see some Rebels characters show up in that Black Series form. Because they've said for characters from the Clone Wars or Rebels, they're not going to do a t- cartoony version. They're going to make them like they were a real character. You see what I'm saying? Right. They have a really badass Ahsoka black figure coming out <clears throat> that I'm real excited about. That's cool. <clears throat> so that would be cool to see Sabine sort of created in a real way. Like, what it would look like if she was really in a movie or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Darth Revan, it's just because I like those games. Like, it's, But it's still interesting to me. Like, would they have to slap? They wouldn't have to, but would they put legends on it? Or would they put, you know, some sort of marking on it to show that he wasn't considered canon? Some people are bummed about him being on the list because he's not canon. Like, they, they're like, why should we care? He's not canon. But that's clearly proof that people still really like that character. I mean, it's still it's still a very prominent part of the universe, even if it's not canon anymore. Like, a lot of people fell in love with those stories. Yeah, and, I mean, while the Knights of the Old Republic story maybe isn't the strongest Star Wars story ever told, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And part of that is just because of the style of the game. It's an RPG. Like, I've got a soft spot for those. It's a Star Wars RPG. Like, sign me up. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, perfect. You know, some people think the whole amnesiac Sith Lord storyline in the first one is a little weird. And I guess it is a little cheesy or a little, not cheesy, but just a, an easy storyline. You know what I mean? It's not it exactly. Especially for the mechanic of choosing light side or dark side. Yeah, and it, it's clear that they wanted to have sort of their no, I am your father moment. Yeah. And that was sort of how they did that. Yeah. Not as effective as no. that reveal in Empire Strikes Back. Not at all. But I don't think it's as bad. Like, the character... Well, you can't really say that the character of Revan is a good character because you sort of define the character of Revan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the the surrounding casting characters are good. I like Bastila. Yeah. That's a cool character. I like his... Uh, is HK47 
the Mandalorian guy that eventually becomes Mandalore. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Odorous on something. I can't remember what like, his name. It's been a long time. It has. Um, I I just remember Bastila. Yeah. They did some cool characters in those two games. The first one especially. So it's just surprising to me that a character from a video game, you know. Even has, made it on the list. Has so much love that it made it onto the list. I think that's going to be the one. I would just I have know. to say old Ben. Old Ben I mean, because that to, dude is so wise and so powerful. You got to think that they know that there's this much interest in these seven characters. So eventually we're probably going to see all seven of these. But to me, I almost feel like if people don't vote for Darth Revan, then there's probably never going to be a Darth Revan because he's not canon. You see what I'm saying? Like, they're going to eventually do an old Ben. I would have to think that they would. Lando, like I said, there's not a Lando six-inch black figure yet. Lando's going to get his due. Obi-Wan. The Gamorrean Guard, Snowtrooper, General Grievous. Like, those all seem like the obvious choice that even if they don't get voted in this this round that they'll get made eventually sabine and revan revan though seem like lesser not lesser candidates but least likely candidates <clears throat> like f- they would be further down the line if they hadn't gotten voted in like this uh i would like to see him do the whole rebels cast in that sort of format zeb would be cool to see in that i really like uh Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. I knew that. Kanan. <clears throat> I like Kanan's one-arm armor. Yeah. I really like that. It's like uh, like when you look at illustrations in a and d book, like the warriors always have one heavily, like a their sword side. arm is yeah. like heavily armored. I like that too. And I'm pretty sure it's because of the whole D&D thing. It's so. very space fantasy. Yeah. You know, the one thing I would say, since we're talking about Rebels characters and I was thinking about this is, we need some more development on the secondary cast. Like, we know a lot about Kanan now. We know a lot about Ezra. Like, we know the least amount, it seems, about Sabine. And Zeb? What's the Zeb. Name? Zeb had a pretty good Set character up. development episode. You remember that episode where Agent Kalis fights him with the staff that the Lasats use? And he talks about how he helped kill all the Lasats. Yeah. And they have like that staff battle. I mean, that's what I mean. Like Sabine's only real episode in Rebels is the one where her and Hera go to get the fuel off the asteroid and it's not the strongest episode. Oh yeah. And it doesn't really develop Hera or Sabine that well. And she's really the captain of the ship. Hera? Yeah. I I feel like Hera and like- Sabine both need like a good character building episode this season. There's more episodes this season than last season. So Sabine is, I guess, technically the captain or the pilot. No, Hera's the pilot. Hera's the Twi'lek. Right. She's the pilot captain. Pilot slash captain of the the ghost. And Sabine's the Mandalorian. I got mine. Oh, it's all good. Names mixed up. But yeah, they they both need sort of their own episode this season. For I think for people to like people like those characters like a because it's more like strong females in Star Wars which there hasn't been an abundance of mm-hmm. and B because they're cool like Sabine looks cool she's a Mandalorian once again it goes back to it looks cool right so people like the character but to truly make them like a classic standout character they need some more development yeah like they need to 
not win me over because I already like the characters, but they like Ahsoka ended up winning me over with her character development and who she turns into and stuff. And right. now she's one of my favorite characters. They need to do sort of the same treatment, I think, to Sabine and Hera. That's fair enough. I don't know how much time they'll have because the rumor is that this may only be like three seasons before oh. they move on to the next. The next what? Animated show. And the rumor is that the next animated show is probably going to be a post-Return of the Jedi show, which I am down for. Count. I always say count me in. Count me in. Sign me up. I listen back at I'll be there. Things. Count me in. Oh, yeah. I'm down. But, yeah. Uh, a post-Return of the Jedi show would be cool. What's interesting about them possibly wrapping up in three seasons with the way it's been airing now if that's the case the third season will be either about halfway done or wrapped up around the time rogue one releases i see and rogue one is set in the same era they've said that it's not impossible for rebels characters to show up in rogue one i don't think the whole cast would but it would be interesting if you know the end of rebels sort of influences or leads into Rogue One and maybe Hera or Sabine or Zeb show up maybe. The only reason I'm leaving out Kanan and Ezra is because they said there's no Jedi. So to me that means they can't really be in that show if there's not going to be Jedi. But I think that'll probably do it for for this week. You got somewhere to be. You got things happening. We're recording this on the Friday before 4th of July and like everybody's had the day off we were going to have two different guests this week and then, it was uh, going to be a fucking podcast party it and was it turns into just me and Will sitting here going oh, I like X-Wing oh, I like X-Wing you I like B-Wings oh, I like B-Wings <laughs> that's totally what it turned into <laughs> it was like oh, do you want to go do karate in the basement yeah so anyway that'll be it for this week uh, thanks again to Stone Cobra for the theme song absolutely thank and, you and uh, you guys uh, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes and for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. Yeah.